0: Some call it episode 37, others call it episode 30 hell. Come and have a drop of blood and a little bite to eat. This is Devil Times Five. <laughs> wow. You're uh, listening, got off to a strong start. You're listening to the Devil Times Five Horror Podcast. And this time around, we're investigating the unnecessarily drawn out series of Hellraiser movies. All ten, yes, ten of them. So you don't have to. Uh, I'm Cliff, and my fellow angels to some, demons to others, are Brian, E, C, J, Luke, and Emily.
1: Hello. Hello. Hiya. Uh,
0: But before we lament the configuration of films we've decided to watch this month, let's see what heavenly highs and hellish lows in horror we've watched since last time. Uh, Emily, you can start.
1: Um, My high, I wanted to watch something that was a bit classy after watching all 10 Hellraiser movies. So I rewatched Psycho for about the 15th time and it's still brilliant. And um, my low is uh, Rawhead Rex which uh-huh. is yeah the reason why the, um, Clive Barker came to direct the first Hellraiser movie, apparently, because yeah. it's based on his script. Um, he wanted it to be a seven-foot-tall penis with teeth. It's actually a seven-foot-tall gorilla man with laser-pointer eyes. <laughs> um, it's a bad film, but it is quite good fun. I just hesitate to recommend it to anybody.
0: Oh, I've always had more fun with Rawhead Rex than I have with Psycho. <laughs> oh, well, it's their
1: own. i like a a world where both can exist but at the same time yeah rawhead rex does contain um a man saying to a priest get to a very old priest get up the stairs fuck face and that doesn't happen in psycho um, maybe it should have done but you know either way yeah yeah
2: yeah. cj uh my low uh was a film called snatchers uh, which is a new American horror film. I think it was made originally for Warner Internet thing. It was like a web series, um, and then they turned it into a feature. I think they've stitched together quite a lot of the footage from the web series, so it's quite disjointed. It's just about uh, aliens impregnating teenage girls, um, but it's a film that concentrates a lot on like uh, female issues, but it's written by three men who seem much more at home with the dick jokes so a lot of it is just
1: oh my god she's on her period
2: and it's just really <laughs> really bad just cringe. and it's called
1: snatches snatches
2: yes. yeah okay. it's, it's atrocious <laughs> like i was just wincing the whole way through i felt embarrassed for everybody so that was my low okay. um and my high which will probably give you a scale of relativity here uh my high was paganini horror the hey. luigi cozzi film uh which is just a hoot just 80s italy at its maddest uh like a trashy rock band um find a lost score written by paganini uh but if you play it it's cursed and it summons a zombie paganini who will kill you with a violin (laughs) made of guts and fungus (laughs) Um, amazing yeah what more could you want that was a trip (laughs) i watched that with some friends and we were just howling it's a lot of fun
0: yeah. So the band just basically rip off Bon Jovi
2: Yeah, yeah. the song that they play is identical to You Give Love a Bad Name yeah. but just with different lyrics uh, and then at the end the producer goes I don't think it will be a hit <laughs> <laughs> It's great
0: um, Luke?
3: Uh, my high, um, I don't know if it can really be classed as horror but it's a film called The Guilty uh, and I think class. It's, it's, it does get quite horrific with the what happens, it's a guy in a police station on the phone for the whole movie, and it's that a woman's been kidnapped. But There's some quite disgusting things going on inside this house where the woman's daughter is as well. So that was my high. It's just, it works really well because it's just set in one location, but the sound recording and everything is, is incredible. Uh, and it sort of just had me wondering how it was all going to end. So that's my that's my high. Oh wow! Uh, so that,
0: that's new, yeah. That's, yeah, that's the that...
3: guilty. It came out last, uh twenty eighteen, but yeah, it's,
0: Sorry, it's, it's very Gustav good. Gustav Muller.
3: Yeah, it's it was very yeah. good. To have. And my okay. my low is the uh, is the new Grudge uh-huh. <sighs> remake reboot, whatever the fuck they want to call it. Because it's set between the Grudge one and two remake, because it swaps between two thousand and four and two thousand and six. Um, the two ghosts from the original, Tishio and Kiyako, don't even appear in in this. Uh, Kiyako appears for probably about 10 seconds, and then all the other actual things are just victims that are of that. And they keep doing all the throat noise throughout, so it's really, really grating and just, just drags. Yeah, that.
4: That's
3: uh... great. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> And it's just okay. generic, just generic <laughs> jump scares, and I decided to go and see it at 10.50, and it was just a waste of my Saturday night, so. Right. Yeah, uh, it's horrible. It's it's not a grudge film, and it shouldn't call itself a grudge film, because it is terrible.
0: Anyone else seen that yet?
3: I really want to. I'm going
0: to say yet.
3: I feel like I'm going to have to go and try and find the time this week,
2: because it's not going to be on cinemas for more than a week. No, no, I'm sure is. of that. It's probably uh, going to
3: disappear like Black Christmas. Yeah, I'm gutted. Like it? the
2: Grudge and the Turning both came out this week, and I haven't had time to see them yet. And that neither of them are going to be on for, for more than a few days. Yeah, Damn the Turning
3: it. it hasn't even got shown in many cinemas near me, so it's quite annoying. Mm. uh
4: Bryony. um generally don't have a low this month. Not Ooh. seen any stinkers, so I'm going to have to. Highs. No, <laughs> just one high. um no, I'm going to have to go through the, the back ends of Amazon Prime and find some stinkers because I haven't been able to spend an hour on something awful. But my high is a rewatch um, and it's something I had to watch for the quiz we did the other day. And I was prepping myself to be disappointed and it's Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. And I was only prepping myself to be disappointed because I watched it to death when it came out and like, wrote essays about it and just... Know it off by heart, but I rewatched it and it still holds up, and I still really enjoyed it. So I'm really happy that I had to watch it this month. Yes, so it's great.
0: We've done another episode of um, filmily Fortunes, which will be out soon, and uh, we did uh, Sean of the Dead as our specialist subject this time. Um, so yeah, look out for that. We'll mm. post it once it's once it's out. It was good fun. It was. Um, My high is... I'll start with my low, actually. The the Headhunter, which is a mostly dialogue-free film, mostly a one-hander about just some bloke in some kind of medieval... Time or whatever, going around collecting things, including heads. severed he heads. heads, including severed heads. Yeah, but um, I've, I've seen it described as like a sort of adaptation of the quests in games like Skyrim and that, but I don't have any interest in playing Skyrim and I didn't find much to enjoy about the headhunter. It's just does he take
2: an arrow to the knee at any point?
3: <laughs> uh,
0: I don't know what that's a reference I think, yeah, to. I
3: think, no, it's only me and you. <laughs> Lost.
0: Um, my high is uh, The Forest of Love, which is the new one from um, Sarno. Um Well, i say the new one. It's probably put out another three since I began this sentence. But um, mm-hmm. it's it's great. It's, it's, it's wild, funny. Um, it's relevant to our interest because there's a serial killer and a lot of gore, a lot of gore. It's very self-referential. There's lots of uh, nods to his earlier films. And I don't know, like The Forest of Love, two and a half hours long, absolutely full of ideas. The Headhunter... An hour and a quarter so half that and it doesn't really have enough in it to fill that so you know Sion Sono is great I love him when he's, when he's on form anyone else see The Forest of Love?
3: no I yeah. need to, I need to no. see it because I, I always love his films so yeah. To, yeah yeah, see see that. That. yeah.
0: special now uh, we have such sights to show you uh, but as this is an audio podcast you'll just have to guess what they are while you listen to us talk about the Hellraiser franchise <laughs> Oh and, we're do- <laughs> and we're doing these in chronological order. So, first up is 1987's Hellraiser, directed by Clive Barker.
1: I have seen the future of horror. His name is Clive Barker. Hellraiser. Beyond any terror you have imagined.
4: A nightmare.
1: Unlike anything you have witnessed, is born because within these walls, the unholy is unleashed. Hellraiser, a film by Clive Barker, will tear your soul apart. (laughs)
0: Um, I did find another version of the trailer which ends with this amazing tagline. Hellraiser. Satan's done
1: waiting.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Is that a reference to these years working in a restaurant?
0: Scraping (laughs) tips. A mismatched couple, Larry and Julia, move into a house that Larry's inherited, but the living corpse of his pleasure-seeking brother, Frank, who had a fling with Julia back in the day, is lurking in the shadows and needs to feed on blood. Uh, so, Hellraiser, was this a first-time watch for anyone? Or are you all familiar with it? Not familiar. Mm. Yeah. You're all familiar yeah, with it? Yeah, all familiar with yeah. it. I mean, I find I like it more and more every time I watch it. I was mm. Mm, kind of nonplussed by it back in the day, but um, maybe it's because it's come out on Blu-ray and it just looks so amazing now, it's so gory. Yeah. But, CJ, you've gone off it yeah
2: i like it less and less every time i see it um i think i'm with, I'm with you on that i watched i watched the film before i'd uh, read the novella uh, many 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 years ago um and i liked it because it was very gory and there's like a few weird monsters but then i read the novella and now every time i watch the film i just think about how much it gets wrong and, and all the things that i hate that that are not as good i don't um, understand this
0: because i read i read the novella for the first time this week and yes it's really well written i've put, it's, it's Fucking good, because there's the third time I've read a book in relation to this podcast. First time was The Survivor by James Herbert, and that was really badly written. And mm-hmm. then I read uh, Under the Skin after we did oh, yeah. that episode, and that's really badly written. And it was good to read a bit of fiction that is actually well written. But yeah. what I don't understand is, what does it do wrong? I think it's really faithful adaptation, the film. It's really
2: not. Like, I... I don't think it gets across any of the stuff that makes the book work be it the nature of the Cenobites I don't I don't think they come across clear in the film at all as to what they are or what they're all about um I think the dialogue is just horrendous in the film like it works in the book because of the way the the rest of the prose is written but when you've got real actors reading it out some of it is so clunky. The emotions just aren't there. I think trying to turn Kirsty into uh, Larry's daughter, uh, Rory,
0: which is... Rory's in the novella. Yeah. yeah, so they, they changed the character from Kirsty's ex to her dad. I think that doesn't work at all. I really like the I sort think of it's good.
2: love triangle element more than... But it doesn't pay Uh, off, that love triangle. Well, it kind of of does, because the book is a lot more focused on love. Uh, Like, you know, from the epigraph at the start to the the very last line in it, Um, it, it's sort of about passion. Uh, And I don't think the film is really about anything. Like, it doesn't have a... It it just kind of hits a few of the narrative beats from the book in a sort of perfunctory way, and then just sort of fizzles out. Like, there's a protagonist switch to Kirsty. In, in both stories, um, but it feels a lot smoother in the book, whereas in the film it's just kind of like, wait, who are you? And, uh, I, I don't know. And, and also the addition of Kirsty's fucking boyfriend, Steve, the most pointless character in the history <laughs> of Mate. characters. Why is he there? Such a terrible actor as well, such a terrible <laughs> fucking shirt. Uh, and, and then at the end where there's like oh, the, the big winged monster and it's just horrible. The, the actual the very, very end when they come out of the house, is garbage. It, it really devalues a lot of what's come before it and makes it feel like a gibberish story. I I just thought, I'm going up again. I just think he really ruined his own story. He'd, he'd written, you know, I think it's one of the best horror stories I can think of, and I don't think it's translated very well at all in, in the film. Interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Emily?
1: Um, I absolutely love Hellraiser. Um, I love the... um. I love The Hellbound Heart as well. I think that they're, they're one of those where the adaptation is different, but they kind of complement each other nicely. Um, and I think having Kirsty as the daughter sort of adds a bit more to the kind of weird dark fairy tale vibe that you get in the movie. Um, mm. Yeah, there's bits of it that are very, very clunky. Um but there's also, also it
0: makes a it, so, it Makes it pervier when Frank's trying to get off with her as well. Oh it's yeah, it was,
1: was, but, because he says okay. "come to daddy" anyway in the book. But Ooh. yeah, he's, <laughs> I I kind of wondered if maybe it was just me looking for kind of a subtext that maybe Uncle Frank had been creepy at her in the past. Mm. But um, I wasn't sure. Um, and I think yeah, there are some brilliant bits in the novella which don't come across in the film. But I don't know how you could have made those come across in the film. So what he's done is he's kind of he's taken the plot points from the novella and then kind of made things kind of cartoonier and brighter and more fairy tale like and um, yeah. yeah I still think it's great I think I,
2: I really hate dark fairy tales in general so I think that oh. might explain actually how it, I think you mm. hit on maybe why I didn't like it the film
3: I used to really like it but I do think it's has dated quite badly now and all the sex scenes are very uncomfortable mm. to watch because they are really really awkward uh, there's the 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 mullets as well, um, <laughs> just the dodgy accents as well, the dodgy American accent.
2: Why why, why does why does Frank change accent? When he becomes skinless, he goes from having an American accent to suddenly being very British. It's like, do you (laughs) become British when you lose your skin? Is that? that
1: Everyone in the kinky hell world has a British accent. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's it's ADR, isn't it? Didn't they? um, Didn't the film distributor say that they wanted people to have more people to have American accents in it? Yeah, right. So that explains why the cheeky Cockney removers at the beginning are all like, "Hey, man, have you got a beer?" Yeah. and also why Kirsty's rubbish boyfriend says hey we're not all sexually repressed you know dude or I'm But I, I it's, I not, it's right. not it's not it's not explicitly set. um it
0: in It's Britain, not explicitly though. set no,
1: anywhere no. No, no but it
0: but I like, always it, thought it was and but it's not is it it's not at it's, all. It's, so. it's no, no. it feels so london even though it's not I think, I think no, it was you,
1: supposed do, to you do you do have do. Larry saying to Julia hey you it'll be fine you'll back on you'll be back on your home turf it doesn't
0: say necessarily where that is of course yeah 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 yeah
4: I think it was supposed to be set in England, but then it's it's kind of gone into this weird non-place. And I, mm. je- I, I quite like that about the yeah. film, because I like how it's just kind of in this... It occupies a strange space from the beginning. Um, and, yeah, they, the accents do go weird and are a bit distracting but i quite i think it adds to the sort of the the fairy tale because like everything you've said that you hate about it cj i really like about the first (laughs) hellraiser um for some reason um and i quite like how all these small things just add to a sort of unknowing and just like what is this and maybe they're not deliberate but it works for me it is inconsistent like with what
0: the puzzle box does and what you need to do to open it, because yeah. obviously Frank's taken ages, years, probably of research to try and figure out how to open it, and then like Kirsty opens it twice in one film, doesn't she? But that's in in the book. There's a it's explained why, and it's, a, <laughs>
2: it's a, a difficult thing to film. But the the bit about the dried blood in the puzzle box is how she solves it um, in the book because it's it's already cut, it's been covered in blood and cleaned by the police. But she's still got like traces of like blood and bits of sick uh, in the <laughs> <laughs> in the box, and she like uses that to trace how to open it, which I think is at least you know maybe a little bit contrived, but at least it gives a reason for how she can open it so quickly. Um, but certainly by the end, like all those sicknesses towards the end, there's no reason for that thing to be opened anyway you right. know she only needs to open it the once
4: um there's a, a common theme with all these films is that it's, it's not always 100 percent clear as to why and what like i had to no. go on wikipedia and relook plot lines quite a few times and go that okay um what i got was it's supposed to be intuitive the box mm. so that was for so throughout every film it's like no one specifically knows why but it's just like oh i just wiggle my thumb It is basically run run your thumb around the circle bit. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Mm. Doesn't look
0: that difficult to figure out.
4: No, I mean I've got one at home, but I just take the lid off and it works. (laughs) Um,
0: And what happens? uh, And you have a massive wank.
4: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Massive bloody wank. Um. I think the the, the
2: film struggle with the rules because it's not. it's not an easy...
4: It's not straightforward story, is it?
2: It's not, and it's certainly not a straightforward 80s horror film. And I think yeah. as they go on, they're trying to make it so that it is just your standard, like, Nightmare on Elm Street uh, kind of yeah. slasher. But the Cenobites aren't even evil. Like, in the book, they're not malevolent. Mm. They're, you know, mm. like like it says, oh, angels to some, demons to others. It, you know, they are just there to provide the experience of extreme pleasure and pain to people who seek it
1: yeah and it's and it's people who seek it not just anyone which is and the
2: horror in the story comes from frank and julia's relationship and how fucked up that is and you Mm -hmm. know frank deciding that he doesn't want it and he wants to come back that's that's your horror story and the Cenobites are just kind of there as the the backdrop to to that horror
4: i mean i think that's fairly clear in the first Hellraiser because it's like okay. you hardly see the mm-hmm. Cenobites and it's it's mostly about Frank and Julia being yeah. fucked up people
1: yeah oh that um, one makes
4: but, it clear but, it kind but of, then it
1: gets
2: weird, oh, then as it, yeah, confusing as it goes on, as, as yeah. it goes on and they, they struggle to make the Cenobites make
0: sense yeah mm. yeah it's, it's a strange thing to try and turn into a franchise really because almost none of the screenwriters really understand what to do <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, yeah. there's just like a prop a couple of characters that <laughs> do what you want. And, yeah, uh, and there's yeah. certain
1: things that you have to do. So spooky box, someone running their thumb down the side of it. Yeah. Uh, somebody gets pulled apart by hooks. Um, yeah. Something slightly kinky goes on. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, and Doug Bradley gets some work. Yeah. We haven't actually talked about the yeah. gore or the look of the Cenobites yet. I mean, that's, that is it's fucking good in that sense, yeah. surely. Yeah. I mean, yes, it yeah, is. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I mean, Clyde Barker was a
2: great visual Artist and his designs for the creatures are amazing Was it
0: him who designed them? Because they're not really described in the book
2: No, but he, he drew the layout and I think worked with Bob Keane to, mm. Yeah, you know, obviously Bob Keane did all the, the effects, but I think they're Barker's uh, design uh, and they certainly look like Clyde Barker drawings um, mm. in the best way
4: Well it's uh. incredibly, you know, S&M bondage underground, very queer influenced Yeah um mm. which is why they work so well
2: actually I that's there's one one more thing on the, on this first one that really pisses me off speaking of the queer influence is that mm. uh originally Coil were going to do the music mm. uh, and I don't know if anybody's <laughs> listened to the original Coil oh. soundtrack for this it's awesome uh but the studio were like no that's a bit too scary
4: mm. so
2: they ended up with this fucking horrible score I hate the score in this movie oh, I like it. it's, yeah. it's like fucking John Williams or something it's so bombastic so Pinhead like feels like Darth Vader when he enters <laughs> and it's like bam, bam, bam and like it just that. doesn't suit the intimacy of the, the story it's just I hate it
0: I can see that I'm surprised there hasn't been a re-edit with the yeah. soundtrack but yeah that, um, would,
2: that would be amazing
0: yeah uh, anyway so Hellraiser let's vote on each one of these as we go along Hellraiser pleasure or pain
4: pleasure Pleasure.
0: Pleasure. I'm saying pleasure.
4: Pain.
3: Yeah, Yeah, I'm going to say pleasure because it's still a fun splatter. Yeah, cool. That's pleasure then.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Slightly worried that that's the sound effect you've chosen to illustrate pleasure. (laughs) Is the pain one exactly the same? <laughs>
0: well, I wonder how long we'll have to wait to find out. Mm. Oh well, not, not, long, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. not very long. Following yeah, the success of Hellraiser, the studio rushed out a sequel the following year: Hellbound, Hellraiser Two. Curse me! We thought we'd lost you. Something odd about this: they had Julia pinned as the villain um, that people wanted to see more of. So she returns from the dead and hooks up with a uh, again another pun hooks up with <laughs> yeah. a pervy doctor who wants the full cenobite experience. Um, what do you think of this one? That's just
4: silly, but I enjoy it. I prefer this one. Yeah, I, I love this one. <laughs> this is the best
2: one.
1: This and the first one are, the, are tied first for me. Um, mm. I love how it's completely over the top, batshit, yeah. baroque, 80s rock video insanity. And um, yeah, um, this, the first one I kind of like about the same amount each time I watch it. This one I enjoy more every single time. It's just yeah. so, it's like all yeah. of 80s MTV through a kind of a weird. Um, bloody S and M e twisted um, lens, and it's it's wonderful.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I feel like I've got everything there is to get out of the original Hellraiser. Mm. This one it mm. has so much more to give, I think, because it's so mad. many more sides to show you. Mm.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, I, I love how it is so silly and so ridiculous. It's mm, got a real yeah. kind of Bride of Frankenstein feel at times, especially with Dr. Shenard and Julia. Mm-hmm. I, I think they are both clearly aware of the camp aspects of this and they're they're giving it the real sort of full james Whale universal performances and i like that and i like how that and all the crazy gore and the the 80s monsters it's all very silly but at the same time does actually kind of nail the spirit of the original story i think because it Mm. gets what the cenobites are it gets what pinhead is he's like a sort of chaotic neutral (laughs) force rather than a you know, pure evil the way Shannard is. Mm. Um, and, and I just, I, I love that. I think, I think it actually gets across the spirit of Hellraiser really well, as as well as being a bit of a comedy as well. It's, it's just great. I love, love Hellbad.
4: The one scene that sums up this film for me is at the very end when Kirstie's standing there covered in blood from wearing the Julia suit and just <laughs> doing that, that really creepy smile. It's just yeah. like, what's <laughs> going on? You know yeah. that bit
0: where, because um, obviously, like, by this stage, all the Cenobites are still people who were seeking pleasure, seeking extreme pleasure. and a you tiny word? boy. Just tossing themselves <laughs> off. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just, yeah, it surprises <laughs> me that it doesn't turn out they're all teenage boys. <laughs> 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 there are really silly things. Like, it's so easy for Kirsty to kill Channard at the end.
1: Mm. Uh, he basically
0: he basically fucks it up himself. He sort of misfires the tentacle and gets stuck, doesn't he? And rips yeah. his own head off. Oh, it's <laughs> happened
2: to the best of us, there, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Misfire a tentacle. <laughs> and and off. I do
0: I. It is such a cliche that although these um, these horror sequels in the eighties were all set at mental hospitals, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But then is that because in the eighties people were really
2: concerned about uh, the kids because you know SSRIs were becoming a very common prescription for teenagers for the first time, so. You know, parents were concerned about their children's mental health, but not not necessarily in a responsible way. But in a, mm. oh my God, we're going to have to lock our kids up. They listen to heavy metal, the berserk.
1: Mental hospitals were scary places.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like, oh,
1: that's that's a that's the mental hospital. And what I sort of thought about that's where people are being treated for mental illnesses. It was like sort of the idea of a mental hospital called to mind sort of Victorian asylums, like the mm. one in uh, like the Chenard Institute in this, yeah, uh, this be, yeah, movie. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere that's kind of like dark and foreboding and just the whole kind of fear of losing control and being yeah. somewhere that was where you didn't have any sort of agency over anything that you did. So yeah, yeah, yeah. taps into that, I suppose.
3: It takes the part from the book as well, the whole hospital part of the first book. So it mixes in that, because I know in the first film it doesn't have her going to hospital straight away, but I think mm-hmm. it's good that it takes that from the book and still adds more with them giving her the box Um, I just like all the set pieces of this as well because there's so many different places they go to and the whole film just looks great
2: Did anyone else uh, notice the great character name in this for the, the cop when he introduced himself as Ronson
0: Homicide <laughs> Great name. Nominative determinism. I think I said that right. <laughs> um, so are we saying pleasure for uh, Hellbound, Hellbound? Pleasure. Yeah, Hell pleasure. yeah. She comes again. Um, that was the end of Hellraiser as a British horror franchise because Dimension Films took over for 1992's Hellraiser 3 Hell on Earth. Jesus Christ. Not quite. An obnoxious nightclub owner buys the Pillar of Souls as a piece of art, but Pinhead uses it to appear on Earth and wreak destruction on New York City. Um, I mean this used to be my favorite when I was younger because really? it's kind of, well it's, it's, a, it's a film for teenage horror fans, isn't it?
4: Yeah, very I think much I so. think
2: pre pre-teen maybe. Yeah.
0: It's,
2: <laughs> it aims yeah, low. It really does.
4: I don't know who this film is for. It's just not good. No. I mean I'd seen half of it before and then I f- fell asleep so I had to like properly watch it this time um, and most of the time I was like oh it's Dax from Deep Space Nine. Oh, <laughs> she can't act <laughs> like outside of Star Trek <laughs> that's very disappointing um, it's funny I don't know if it's supposed to be as funny as it is well, um, I, I read and then... some
2: trivia today that uh they brought in anthony hickox to direct it originally tony randall who did hellbound was going to direct mm. it um but his vision was too bleak for the studio apparently so they brought in anthony hickox who's of course done wax work and i think sundown maybe by then as well so was known for comedy horrors mm. and clive barker was very concerned and he, he had a meeting with anthony hickox and said uh, you're not going to make this into a comedy are you and Hickok said, "Absolutely not. I'm a big fan of the first films. I'm going to take it very seriously. Oh, and yet somehow you've got a fucking Cenobite with a camera in his head going, yeah. "Got to rap. Yeah. <laughs> and CD. Got to, it's
4: don't forget
3: terrible.
1: about the CD. CD
4: head. Yeah. So That's the bad. thing because it's like the the CD guy. Like there was so much oh. focus on him getting killed, and it was like, yeah. why are they focusing? <laughs> Why are they focusing on the step? Is he going to come back as a, as a sort of Cenobite? And then lo and behold, he comes back as a CD Cenobite with robot noises. Why is he a robot? <laughs> they're not robots. This is stupid.
1: Is he meant to be the sound of the CD tray opening? I don't but know. No, because it's his arm. And he's
4: just like... <laughs> yeah, I know. I know.
3: Then <laughs> <laughs> we've got the flamethrower guy as
4: well, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then the smoky lady, they're like, well, you know, she likes to smoke give her a fag and then just (laughs) and then when they're going around dax from deep space 9 they're like torturing her like oh i'm gonna kill she's just like oh i've got a cigarette oh oh, (laughs) second hand smoke oh welcome to hell i
0: mean i still love it i think it's really good because um i mean it it doesn't make sense they were trying to turn Cenobites into a load of little freddy kruegers and um yeah obviously it makes no sense that someone gets killed by a Cenobite. they have turned into a Cenobite. that's just yeah, that's, well, he, he, no he briefly
4: explains that by going these are my new like mates they're not yeah, as yeah, good uh, as my last one yeah, sorry yeah, they're a bit yeah. shit yeah. It's, it's weird because it's kind
2: of like the George Romero thing isn't it That like you know you get bitten by a zombie you turn into a zombie yeah. but also Romero liked to do people who are like Stuck forever doing the thing that mm. they did in life And it's mm. like that with these Cenobites You know, he's a DJ yeah. He's got CDs in his head
4: <laughs> But then JP is just like He's got a drill in his head and he's like Are we like shagging? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Right, okay Now um, that, that the sex
1: scene in this is very
2: embarrassing <laughs> so- well, I, I read some trivia about that as well Actually, the the girl in the, the scene Didn't want to be topless for it But she was so fine he's, yeah, with he's him
1: Covering
0: her, her breast with his hands Mm, yeah. So, uh, that looks, yeah, that looks
1: uncomfortable.
0: Really. I don't, I mean, it really does. Really, yeah. Um, I mean, I can't hate a film that's got a fucking nightclub massacre and that bit <laughs> in the church. The oh, bit, yeah, come on, the, the yeah. church scene is incredible.
1: It's, the church scene is really funny as a as having gone to Catholic school, it's exactly the sort of thing I would have written when I was about 12. Yeah, and um, one thing I noticed with the um, the church scene this time is when um pinhead enters and kind of walks through the church doug bradley has got the most adorable grin on his face it's a little bit like i can't believe i'm getting paid for this this is amazing let me say something blasphemous all right yeah so yeah that is
4: fun
0: well uh we might be split on this one pleasure or pain pain, pain.
4: pain. do you know what i'm gonna say pleasure because it's so stupid that i would yeah. happily watch it again
1: Oh. I'm going to say pleasure because I have watched this more than once which is more than can be said for some of the others And also the Motorhead song
4: <laughs> Oh the Motorhead song at the end is very good Yeah even though it's nothing
1: to do with Hellraiser and it's clearly just Lemmy going I went
4: on tour and had sex and yeah. did some
1: drinking <laughs> <laughs> like There's a lot of
2: good metal in this Hell actually oh,
1: That's yeah, That yeah, is it. it. good Also did anybody notice just just a quick observation When you see the the, um, the Tower of Souls, the Pillar of Souls mm. In this movie, there's a quick shot where it looks like Chunk from the Goonies is in there. <laughs>
4: <laughs> there's just a toy baby on it, and it looks so much mm. like a toy baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you run out of money at the end, or did you just yeah, get a bit tired? All, someone's
1: goth art exhibition made it
0: at
4: the last minute. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, the scaling on that thing is really odd because the baby is the same size as a, a, full a adult yeah. head. <laughs> <laughs> it,
4: just, it literally looks like something I would have made at GCSE Just stick a load of Barbies on it And be like, yeah, edgy, yeah, yeah mm. <laughs> Okay, then it
0: was another four years Until Hellraiser 4, Bloodline The
4: Toymaker's Bloodline
1: Has survived
0: uh, The creator of the Puzzle Box And his descendants encounter the Cenobites Across the 18th, 20th and 22nd centuries What is this film? I'd, what were they if, trying uh, to do? I really so, so, so many Is it drugs. going to be an
1: anthology? Yes, I think it was supposed to be one.
4: Yeah, it was supposed to it was wasn't linear, it was it jumped around apparently a bit more. Um I mean my heart sank when it was Alan Smithy came up on the yeah. directors mm. and it was like oh but actually okay. directed
0: by Kevin Yeager who yeah. most famously did the Freddie Krueger makeup.
4: Yes. Um yeah. and then they wanted to reshoot things and he was like, It's not my vision and it was like, But what was your vision, Kevin? What was it? This is very confusing. Um Doug Bradley described this film as an abortion. Hmm? Uh, what if you think abortions are good? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, there's a really good Clive Barker website, and I was looking to find out what the original plot for this film was, and it had loads of quotes from like Clive and Doug and uh, Kevin and. Um, it's in chronological order, so it starts in 1993, and it's Clive Barker being really excited, and then sort of degrades slowly and slowly and slowly oh. towards the end, and it's just like, oh. yeah, we're sorry about this one. Um, <laughs> 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 it's the
1: last quote from Clive Barker, just crying,
4: yeah.
1: <laughs> just gently weeping.
4: What gets me is you know those you know
0: those uh, two twin security guards that turns into centipeds,
1: and then so that's in
0: the 20th century. Bit of the film, yeah, and then he's yes. still hanging around with them 141 years later.
4: Those they, are the shit. Why is he hanging around with them? Because they have really deep conversations. Like, what, would you go out with a transsexual? You know, maybe, maybe Pinhead's like, you guys are quite progressive for 1996, men. You could hang around.
1: <laughs> maybe they,
4: they, like, they play cards or something. They,
1: they, they're, good at, they're good at pub quiz machines, or whatever. whatever they, if, wherever they, if they have those in hell,
4: they probably do. Or space. Yeah, who was it was a CJ did you hate space horror No, it's
2: me me I hate space horror I like the horror of space um like I think space is terrifying but I don't think anything in the space section of bloodline is it's
0: terrifying I mean it's it's not just even the awful. dog
3: <laughs> no not no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. a dog.
0: <laughs> was that dog constantly sucking its own cock <laughs> <laughs> and tripped over the lament configuration and got turned into a centibite dog <laughs> <laughs> that's the only, the only way it makes sense
1: I was like, do, do you want to experience pleasure beyond all knowing <laughs>
2: If this had been part three, the dog would have just been like covered in bits of dog biscuit, like
1: <laughs> <laughs> bits of slipper and shoe yeah. toy, <laughs> got a pig's ear around its neck. Oh god!
2: Well, Bloodline's such a mess. It's like hell on earth. Is the archetypal oh the studio have taken over the franchise, so now it's going to be like Michael Bay's
1: Hellraiser, <laughs> and
2: Bloodline is oh the studio have taken over and they're really interfering and everybody is pulling in different directions and it's like. Frank at the end of the first Hellraiser. <laughs> Just the plot. It...
0: Mm. Jesus
2: wept. It's horrible.
0: <laughs> it's like they, yeah, you know, by setting it across all these different centuries and ending up in space, it's like they thought they were making 2001 A Space Odyssey, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I get it the is.
2: feeling they really took this one seriously. Like, yeah. I think somebody somewhere thought they were making art.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, the, the main
4: guy, you can tell he's taking it very, very seriously. Even though he's playing three awful characters
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: well did anyone else notice the doors in the period bit as well uh there's like proper oh what do you call it like oh the thing they'd make doors out of like polywood <laughs> no. like the plastic like you have your double glazing your pv yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like really modern doors um, right. <laughs> there's some very bad set dressing in the in the period sections
0: did you want to see more of angelique in the following films no, She'll, they're obviously setting her up to be the new Pinhead I think
1: <laughs> No, she's quite the, the character design when she's gone full Cenobite is quite cool maybe mm. it's something that might have worked in like a sort of spin-off comic but, or something
4: that was based on Sister Act
1: <laughs> wow okay <for> fun fact
4: because <laughs> um, the special effects guy so the only special effects that um, Kevin Yeager did was uh, the dog that we all mm-hmm. love so much. And they had someone else do special effects. His name, I can't recall. But he was Gary watching... J. Tunnicliffe. Yes, him. Yeah. Um, sure. We'll come and back he... to him. And yeah. yeah. remember was, uh... that name, you're going to hear it again. <laughs> he was watching Sister Act and really enjoyed the cow, so he's like, oh, I could do skin skin cow.
1: Yeah, no, I could see that. It's sort of proper kind of like nun's habit yeah. with the, yeah.
2: the
1: skin. But um, she's kind of an underdeveloped character, and, yeah, it's it's not good. It's strange,
2: yeah. isn't it, how there have been a couple of attempts to make a female character the like main focus of the franchise, and every time the fans have just gone, No! Give yeah. us more pins! We want
4: yeah. pins well that's i mean because spacey when they put this one out um pinhead didn't he wasn't supposed to appear till about 40 minutes in but the studio yeah. were like where's pinhead yes
0: um
4: <laughs> Always. And so,
0: yeah, the thing, it's pins. the very first thing you see now isn't he?
4: <laughs> yeah like a really
0: f- quick flash it's Just... like
4: that bit in the simpsons of poochie like and when pinhead isn't on screen <laughs> all the characters have to go where's pinhead so <laughs> so they brought him in earlier um <laughs> Which uh, ironically is, is the opposite problem of five. So, uh, mm. yeah, they had to bring him in earlier, and it was all like basically just rinse Pinhead to death in this film. So, I think we know where we're going with this one Pleasure or Pain?
3: Pain. 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 I think we know why this is the last one to be released in cinema.
0: And continuing the trend of only putting out a Hellraiser film if there was a Summer Olympics on, four years later came 2000's Hellraiser Inferno. Only
1: one finger left now, Joseph. Only one more death to go.
0: A corrupt detective is investigating a series of ritual murders, but weirdly, all the victims are people he knows.
3: You can tell straight away it's a film that was never meant to have Pinhead in it, and then they mm. just horseshoe it, him in. The end of starts to work a tiny bit and then they just think they're really really clever and Mm. just mess it all up oh it's just i hate this i absolutely hate this it's not the worst but it's i do hate it
0: um i noticed in the opening credits that sort of evil bit of the music comes in when harvey weinstein's name appears yeah
4: (laughs) 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 it's the scariest thing about this film it's the second worst thing weinstein's ever done
0: I mean, Pinhead is so pointless in this film. It's like, there's that character who call, calls himself the engineer, and mm. then he kind of does a bad morph into Pinhead, and then he tells the bloke to just go home, and then he fucks off. Yeah. And that's uh-huh. it. And, and, and it's really funny the way that Pinhead just waddles into shot.
2: It just does that thing, doesn't it? Like film fans see film noir and think this is a very serious and worthy film.
4: <laughs> mm. And
2: Inferno just proves it is not.
4: <laughs> mm. does that with the narration at the start where he's like, I'm a real bad cop, I love yeah. shagging prostitutes and I'm uh, moody. It's... I'm going to take some coke and yeah. play chess. <laughs> I'm also really good at chess. Um, I play by my own rules. What was it? Yeah, what is the point of that chess scene? To show how clever <laughs> why, he is. Why does it
1: happen? He just loves chess.
0: <laughs> but you know what? I think, as a crime story, I think it's perfectly serviceable. And I think the, the fact that Pinhead turns up and the puzzle box is one of the things found at the crime scene just cheapens this film as a as a crime movie and mm-hmm. the Hellraiser franchise. Um It would be much better off if it wasn't part of Hellraiser, and I think it's a decent film.
4: Just remembered another reason why I hate this film, because he's really good at chess and he's so good at shagging that even prostitutes love him.
1: Yeah. Would it have made any difference, I was gonna say, if he preferred if it was him playing Kaplunk or Hungry at the beginning. Yes. Those are never played with that kind of level of solemnity in these movies and I
2: think they should be. Actually Pinhead would love Kaplunk, wouldn't he? Yes.
1: <laughs> you would not allowed to use your own pins, Pinhead this is hell. I'll do what I like. Okay.
0: No deals.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: All right, um, Inferno,
0: pleasure or pain? I'm the pleasure on this one. I like pain. 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 Uh, next up is 2002's annoyingly titled Hellraiser Hellseeker. Hey Brett,
1: why don't you help me out here, man?
0: I think I did it. Did what? Killed Kirsty. Remember Kirsty? Well, following her death in a car crash, her philandering husband's life becomes a series of non-stop hallucinations. <laughs> well, that's what it is, isn't it? That is it? literally just, the whole you, film. <laughs> you, you can't trust anything that happens in it, because like, a moment later it will go, oh, that, well, that didn't actually happen. Absolute
2: toss. This this is another it. one of those scripts that wasn't a Hellraiser script. Uh, mm. Like all of the, I think five to eight mm. were not actually written as Hellraiser films. They were just sort of found down the back of the Weinstein sofa uh, <laughs> with Ew. God knows what yeah. else. They <laughs> uh,
4: cleaned them then, first.
2: Yeah, uh, and then just filmed. I mean, Rick Boter directed six, seven, and eight. Uh, and I watched these uh, in one day with with some friends as like a Hellraiser marathon. Uh, and we, we <laughs> this might have only been funny at the time. I don't know. Uh, but we coined the idea of Rick Bota being this sort of great auteur, like Bota the auteur. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, nice.
2: But, but, we, but because these films are so just nothing it was like trying to identify all of Rick Bota's trademarks as a director. There is some dialogue. Some scenes are lit.
0: <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's about all you get. There's not much else to say about these films. I mean, I said I like this one. It's, it's, it's ropey as fuck. I mean, it's it's tried to be an erotic thriller, but they couldn't persuade any of the actresses to get naked, so it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's not, not that erotic. No, they just um,
1: kind of, like, strip down to underwear and go, yeah. Trevor, what take me. Yeah, um, yeah. And Trevor is an annoying character, and having, like, Cenobites going, Trevor, is just funny. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: think Pinhead's better used in this one than in the last one. Um, also Doug Bradley gets played two, two different characters and he does the, that quite well I think so mm. I didn't mind this one but I can see why people hate it because it's just every everything that happens just turns out not to have happened it's really hard to watch
2: it just feels like it goes on forever because there's mm. no narrative it's just like yep yeah, a scene another scene and you're just there forever like stuck in
4: Maybe like, it's your own hell, hell. hell. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah
4: you're in the box
3: it's the first one that also felt like it started as an episode of Neighbours Um, (laughs) a little bit of of tickling in the car and then the only reason the car crashes which is them kissing Uh, it's just oh it's horrendous except that's
0: not what happens that's made up as well yeah yeah no but it's just tickling and then kissing
3: and that's what so we're yeah. made to think the whole time, but it's actually, not. Actually,
2: that sort of soap opera feel, doesn't it? Like in it Dallas, really does. where yeah. was it Dallas, where he wakes up and he's not actually dead; yeah. he's just been in the well, shower. Because and... the first it,
4: yeah. one feels like a soap opera, though. Yeah, true, true. Because I like that about the first one because it's basically just very soapy at the beginning and the whole love triangle thing. Yeah. it's just Ooh. a soap opera with hooks.
0: <laughs> the,
3: <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Go have a hook. I think this is the one that looked the the most made for TV, though. Yeah.
0: I don't know I, I, I sort of admire the fact that it goes all out in just being mad this one it's it just it's got an idea that everything is a hallucination and it doesn't stop and I, I, I admire that I will say pleasure on this one just about pain, pain. pain. but it's totally pain for everyone else isn't it it's is pain yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, then
0: come two films made back to back in Romania and both released in 2005 the first of those is the stupidly titled Hellraiser Deader no, not debtors. Deaders. D-E-A-D-E-R-S. Oh, a journalist investigates an apparent death cult in Bucharest. Whose members actually seem to have found the secret to eternal life. Was, was the person who wrote this script, was English their first language?
2: Because <laughs> deaders as a name for, like, cultists, is awful. Like, nobody who, who knew what words sounded like would, would say, yeah, these guys, they're the debtors. Like, you, wouldn't even, you wouldn't even call your band the Deaders, you know. I think
1: somebody got their seven-year-old child to name it. They were like these people that can cheat death. What do you want to call them, Deaders? <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's just yes. the pitch. That was the pitch for the whole child <laughs> sat at the end of the table.
1: They deaders. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's not it's hard to see
0: why this was a script that sat on the shelf unfilmed, is it? It's mm. like just oh, it's horrible. rubbish. Horrible.
1: It does look like the most nineties thing ever. I'm very surprised that it came out when it did. Mm. Like all the Ooh. sort of the fashion and everything. And the yeah,
0: that that nightclub on yeah. the on the underground track. Oh
1: yeah, the the kinky goth nightclub oh, with um, Mark Warren in it. Yeah, it's strange
2: to, it really to think that like Saw and I think even Hostel had come out by the time mm. this was was made, and it's like horror had shifted so far, and this relic just appears like a mm. like an old puzzle box, and it's crap. I think this is actually the worst one. This, this or the next one, I
0: I can't decide. Mm, nice. No. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I think this is the worst. I, th- I mean, there's still things in it that I quite like. So there's, the violence is pretty good. There's that scene where she's got the knife that she's trying to get out of herself in the bathroom. I thought oh, that was pretty cool.
3: Oh, that, um, yeah, the five minutes of her just trying to pull yeah. a knife out of her back. <laughs> yeah. And then the next easy.
1: time you see her, she's got like a sort of a hump. Where, oh, you didn't make it. <laughs> I also thought the snuff, the
0: snuff film at the start, which is really long, um, is... Very well done, very creepy.
1: There are some scenes that are effective, like the scene where she has to go and try and find the deaders in the um, crumbly old building. That's quite well shot and well done.
0: The bit of the bathroom as well. There's, a there's the, bathroom bit, yeah, the bathroom bit, yeah, but
1: this is the later bit where she goes to find where the cultists are and then she's kind of chased down that extremely narrow um, oh, what, when passageway. Yeah, when the
3: guy with the knife appears behind her and it's yeah. kind of hallucinating it, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, it's weird because there's um, there are good effective scenes in this, but mm-hmm. it's mostly quite boring.
3: Yeah, it's, it's very dull I hate the most that it took from the last two films with the whole dream sequences and hallucinating stuff Yeah, that those last two films that was what was the worst thing about them to bring them over to this was just it's, even it's, worse it's
2: padding. It, it felt like it was a script for a short like a sort of 20 yeah. minute cultist movie that would have been pretty good at 20 minutes uh, but they padded out with all the, the sort of trippy shit and the random Cenobite stuff and and I think it cheapens this story. Like what Cliff was saying about Inferno, it's like it's made it worse and it and it's also made it a worse Hellraiser film at the same time. It's like mm-hmm. it's it just should not
0: be. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's bad. So Hellraiser Dead are we say in pleasure or pain. Pain Pain. 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 The HCU, uh, Hellraiser Cinematic Universe, starts to eat itself in Hellraiser Hellworld.
4: So you are a pinhead, right? Let me guess, you're going to rip off your face and morph into some franchise icon, right?
0: Five fans of a video game based on Hellraiser lore attend a big party that, unbeknown to them, is hosted by an alter ego of pinhead. So is this going to be meta? Because it's um, no. really half-assed, isn't it? it I was... thought they were it's...
1: trying for a sort of meta-scream type thing. And... Yeah, but
2: but that would have been relevant like ten years previous, along yeah. with this film's knowledge of the internet, which is also yeah, from it, the mid-nineties. And mid-19s. the
1: graphics of the computer game that you can see.
3: Yeah, yeah. I swear, Nokia thirty-three ten. Like I swear, there was better phones than that. <laughs> when this film was made, but that's what they choose to go with. <laughs> Did Nokia have... Were they, like, advertisement for this film somehow? <laughs> Surely they wouldn't want to be associated with oh, this. Yeah. Like, nobody would.
1: Oh, they're the special phones they have for their party, aren't they? They're, they're all, like, the whole of like Nokia yeah. 33 teams. Yeah. If you see someone you like, text them with this.
0: <laughs> so what's, <laughs> okay. what's actually happening in this? There's this Hellworld game, right? They've got... If Do they know that Cenobites are real? Is there no. Does Hellraiser exist in in this world. Is, is Doug Bradley voicing Pinhead in the game?
3: Um, it's, it's... It's really, yeah, it's odd. It doesn't make any sense. Because they wear, like, Hellraiser T-shirts... Oh, do they? Oh, I didn't notice that. One of the guys has, um, when they're on the computer at one point, he's like, oh, let me have a go. And the camera goes behind Uh, to show that he has Pinhead on the back of his t shirt. Oh, I
0: think that could be a Hellworld t shirt. Yeah, but I think
2: think the problem is that because it was a script that was not supposed to be a Hellraiser script, but then they've turned it into this kind of meta Hellraiser thing, it just does not make any sense because. Mm. It wasn't originally supposed to be a game based on the Hellraiser universe, but now they have kind of on that in. They've not thought about whether or not that means the Hellraiser films exist. People yeah. have watched them, and they, you know, because you'd expect fans of the franchise who played the game would know something about how it works, but they don't seem to. I, it's yeah, horrible. And they should have called it uh, Pinternet.
1: <laughs> Pinterest. Uh, Pinterest. <laughs> Did you ever play,
3: play Neo NeoPets? Yes. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, yeah. that's what the game looks like. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't look like a proper game. It was just as things appearing on screen for yeah. them to just click a little box, and that was it. But they all made it out like it was this incredible three D game. But then it is just a point <laughs> and click. Just, the whole thing. Just a thing. flash game.
2: Yeah.
0: But with um, uh, with Lance Herrickson being it causing all these elaborate kills like in a vaguely supernatural way. It, the film it reminded me of was The Mangler 2.
2: Yeah. Do you remember
0: much. that? We did yeah. it covered on episode five, was it? Absolute piece of shit. Literally um,
2: the only good thing I can say about our world is it's better than The Mangler 2.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a close one thing.
4: Lance, um, Lance Singhy was, uh, I think he auditioned to play Kirstie's dad in the first one. Yeah, that's true. So do you yeah. reckon they just promised him a film eventually? <laughs> oh,
2: that's so sad that he got this one.
0: But you know when in films people say, oh, this is like in a bad horror film, it's, I mean, this one really is. Yeah. It's not, it's not like they're in a bad horror film. They are oh, in a bad horror film. Yeah, this um, is atrocious. Yeah, unanimous pain for this one oh, then. Yeah,
2: pain. Beyond pain.
0: Like who actually wanted all these sequels was dimension is there ever they, a proper ha- fandom
2: though for hellraiser i think dimension thought that one day they would be able to remake hellraiser and it would be the exact time where it would hit and it would make everybody billions and billions of dollars but in order to do that they had to keep making these sequels mm. to maintain the rights and i think that time has passed hellraiser is never going to be big again but they still keep doing it every few years let's have another sequel
4: they are remaking it yeah
3: it's in development now
4: it's going it's going to absolutely tank it's a it's a spider-man conundrum it's like they keep having to make it in order to, to keep hold of it yeah um last spider-man was good though so maybe this this next Razor will be all right law of average yeah maybe do you think there is such
0: a thing as a Hellraiser fan? Like because it, no, the first one oh, came yeah. out a few years after, you know, Elm Street and Friday the 13th and that, that was what I grew up with and it's what I loved. Mm-hmm. I've never cared about Pinhead or Cenobites or anything, but you can sort of see the way that they, you know, each new film has new Cenobites like as if mm. to that's if that's what the fans get excited about. There's definitely
4: if, there's definitely a fan base because there's definitely a shitload of merchandise out there. Like they they do
2: conventions a, as well. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I think you think what you maybe miss is that fandoms are not very discerning in general. Yeah. Like on the whole the fandom will just take what anything. Yeah, it's just like,
0: wait, pins, give us more pins. <laughs> we want pins. I'm sure in the same way that I could name all the different actors who played Jason in all the Friday the Thirteenth films. I'm sure there's some people who know exactly what Cenobite was in each each film. Yeah, that definitely. Mm-hmm. It just made me, made me think like. We've got Pinhead, Butterball, Energy Consurgent, Wire Widow, Screamer, Cyst Head, Barbie, Chatterer, Engineer, CD Head, and Chatterer. Little Sister, Camerahead, Spike, and Female Cenobite. <laughs> Cenobites. Oh, That's good work.
4: Oh,
0: that's awesome. That's
4: very good. Uh, thank you.
0: Anyway, uh, two to go. And six years after Dead and Hellworld, Dimension suddenly remembered that they had to keep making these films, as you just said, otherwise they'd lose the rights. So they rushed out another sequel uh, Hellraiser Fat Pinhead. Oh, I mean, Hellraiser <laughs> revelations. All right,
1: I say we hit the main drag in Tijuana, and uh, we
0: bang the first ball legged hooker we can find. Over the course of one long night, two families find out what happened to their sons on an ill fated lads trip to Mexico. Um, I think the revelation to
3: me was this is actually pretty good. It's not as bad as the last five. It's, it's home like, and away. It's home and away. It's an episode of <laughs> Home and Away. <laughs> it's very cheap. It's very tawdry but it is at least
2: quite
0: fast and is vaguely true to the original spirit well it's basically a remake isn't it it's a remake dumped onto different characters in a different set
2: it, what was weird is i watched this when it came out and, and quite liked it uh, and then watched it again yesterday and liked it a lot less um but it was really interesting that it was so 2011 and 2011 feels like a million years ago now like there's young people on this and they're taking drugs and they're having mm. sex that doesn't happen anymore.
0: <laughs> in it films,
2: you know. Yeah, it was like it reminds me of um, like you know the, the, the do you remember Lmfao, the mm. band? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: yeah mm. Like they were Bloody around in 2011. In it just, yeah, just seems so alien now that like like sex and drugs and drink were a, were a thing that teenagers liked. <laughs>
1: yeah. They're trying to do a sort of um, quasi-fight club thing where you've got the, the boy ranting about how American culture is dead and fuck you, mum and dad, and yeah.
2: Oh, he's and, such a petulant teenager, isn't he? He's <laughs> just like... But I think that's where this film falls down is Pinhead saying, oh, you're almost as bad as I am. Yeah. And it's like, no, but, you're no, not. No, you are literally just, 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 just a fucking <laughs> typical teenage boy.
1: Yeah, he's he's literally just, I hate the world, fuck everything. Mum, can I have a sandwich? He's that a yeah. kind of teenage boy.
0: <laughs> I hated the found footage opening. Yeah. Especially because it's... Well, at first I thought, oh, no, it's a fucking found footage film. But it's one of those ones where half the time it doesn't make any sense that they'd be filming or that anyone could be filming even. Yeah.
3: yeah. Or, or that they'd
2: introduce themselves with their full names so that you can get the <laughs> references that they're uh, Nico Bradley <laughs> and Stephen Craven. <laughs> like, oh, you could have just called them and West. That would have been much better. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and also it also goes a bit Amityville too, as well. Yes. With the, uh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. With scene, the incest scene, that's good. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I yeah. like that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I liked her, the girl who played the sister. She was, yeah, she was she's, really she's good. good. Yeah. yeah. So some of the other actors in this are a bit ropey, but then that's the franchise, isn't it? Like, mm. they've been bad right from the start,
3: the actors.
0: Of course, new actor playing Pinhead in this one. Mm.
3: <sighs> he's, what do you think? He's not good. It's just Amanda in terrible cosplay. Yeah, yeah. yeah I saw, I saw Looks that, like
2: yeah. his mum has made his cosplay outfit for him. <laughs> and it's like, oh, there you are. You're a cute little pinhead. Oh, <laughs> that, that, that's,
1: that that would have taken quite a long time. So, you know, respect to that mum.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's a good mum. And I'm sure it's, it's a not decent pinhead. It's 3 a.m. But... sewing these pins on,
1: son. So you better go out and be evil with it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear your
1: pinhead voice. Come on.
0: He does it <laughs> so bad as well, doesn't he? I know, I know. But it's not his voice.
1: It's
2: not that actor's voice. They, they rubbed right. him with another actor just to make it even weirder.
1: I want to know what his actual voice was like.
4: <laughs> oh, hello. <my> <laughs> hello. I saw his head to
1: No, I want it to be like Pam
0: Doove. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Me. anybody want to some pleasure <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> I mean if oh, not you're so- just like me <laughs> if you do <not>, <laughs> If you've not seen this film, don't worry. He doesn't look quite as bad as he does on the poster. Which I don't know why they use that that film. Yeah, it's yeah. so shit. But yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good.
1: Uh, it felt to me like this. There was a good film in here somewhere, but they literally filmed the first draft.
0: Mm. Yeah, they, they, they shot
2: it. They, they really know. knocked they did, it out yeah. seven days or something. It,
4: yeah. Mm. Uh, I mean, at least we now know what it takes for Doug Bradley not to do a pinhead film, though.
3: Yeah, <laughs> because <but,
4: Yeah>. yeah. <laughs> apparently, he just he didn't do it because it was too quick
3: on the IMDb reviews someone said they spoke to him at a convention and he said he'd read the script and thought it was so shit. Oh, really? And that's the reason he, he didn't want to say that,
2: though. I think, I think what it actually was was they didn't offer him the kind of contract that he was used to back when there was still money in the franchise. Yeah. So he just turned it down. And well, he I, turned I, down
4: the, the next one as well because they wanted him to sign an NDA so yeah. maybe, maybe this one was so shit and he told everyone it's, it was shit and they're like, I, I, that's why. Mm.
2: I think it's nothing to do with the quality because this guy was in debtor and hell world. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he's got no quality control.
0: Mm. Um. So pleasure or pain on this one? Pain. 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 Pleasure. I'd say pleasure as well, but... Uh... Ah! We come to our second feature at time of recording the most recent Hellraiser sequel, written and directed by the apparently multi talented Gary J. Tunneycliffe, who also acts in it and handles the makeup effects. It's 2016's Hellraiser Judgment.
3: Evil seeks evil. What is
1: going on here? Let's just dive in, shall we?
4: What we're investigating very dark.
1: i just curious. What do you see? You think you're too close to this case? Jesus Christ. It's him. What on earth is this place? It isn't.
0: There's hell to pay. A murder investigation leads three police officers to a fateful encounter with the Cenobites. I think the first thing we've got to mention here is the very first scene in which Pinhead is told by the character played by the director... That it's it's the 21st century, so you should stop doing the whole pleasure and pain thing and start punishing wrongdoers instead. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. not Hellraiser. <laughs> that's they're, they're confusing Pinhead with Jigsaw, basically. Yeah, yeah, it's mm-hmm. very
2: sore, isn't
4: it? Yeah, it's incredible. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's it just you could tell there's a lot of influence from Saw-like films. Yeah. Like the, the the hue of it, even the colouring, yeah, like, was very yeah, yeah. similar to the Saw films. Um, but Lord help me, I liked it.
2: Yeah. Like, what about that That opening the, the opening scene is absolutely incredible yeah. at
0: first I thought this is so fucking stupid I can't believe yeah. I'm watching and by the end of it I was like well no they've really committed to this yeah. it, it is the most disgusting scene in the entire franchise for yeah. sure yeah. and it, and it's like what 10
2: minutes and it's just, yeah. it just keeps yeah. escalating That's for the 10 thing, minutes
4: I, I was like where's the title card like have I missed something if like, I got a dodgy copy and then 10 minutes later it was like it's a film
2: yeah, um. and, and, and then it's all downhill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A bit, yeah. what a shame! Great opening.
1: Mm. Yeah,
0: that's
2: properly twisted. That opening, it
1: yeah. really messed up.
2: It's fantastic. I want more like that. You know, if I if I went to the cinema and saw that when when the film started, I'd just be like, oh, yeah.
1: I mean, it's it's, it's a
0: Nine Inch Nails video, really, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I
1: was trying to describe what it was like to a, a friend of mine who grew up in Wales, and I was like, um, <laughs> is, is, is This will be relevant a to me in a second. What his comment was. I was like, So there's a fat man eating paper covered in children's tears, there's blood, there's vomit, there's stabbing, and there's tits. And he said, Oh, it sounds like Saturday Night in Aberystwyth. Right. <laughs> Did you think
0: the cops look like um, Brad Pitt and Jason Staten?
1: they like, yeah. mm. But, like, like uh. sort
2: of discount if they drank
0: a lot. Well,
3: pound, like Poundland version. Yeah, you yeah, 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 drank yeah. a lot of
1: um, paint thinner. Yeah. yeah. Um, Broad yeah. put. What lets this down is the police procedural stuff. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible, the other, isn't it? the other one was a rip-off of Seven. This is like somebody's watched True Detective and gone, let's yeah. do this.
0: Well, this is a rip-off of Seven as well because the killer, oh, the killer's yeah, doing the Ten Commandments, isn't he? Yeah. Ten Commandments yeah. theme murders. Yeah.
1: But there's elements that are like the first season of um, True Detective as well. I
2: think the the banter between the two cops is very True Detective.
1: Yeah, it is,
0: um, it is yeah. But, and it's a name. How come one of them's called Sean Carter and no one mentions Jay-Z?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jay-Z doesn't exist in this universe? I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> truly you, you have to,
0: you'd have to go to Z-World on the internet to get that. Right. <laughs> um, Heather Lane Camp has that... <laughs> my favourite thing about Heather Lane Camp's cameo is that she was obviously needed for a second scene where um, they go to investigate the garage or whatever it is, and there's no there's no lights because the electricity's been cut off. Yeah. And you think, well, why don't they just ask the landlady to uncut off the electricity? <laughs> oh God! Well, and he so goes back. the second scene, he goes back <laughs> and he just says, he just says to behind the door as if Heather comes really there, genuinely honest. Thanks for turning <laughs> the electricity back on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: It was a clunky film in general, Yeah, very clunky. Like... It's, it, it's
2: definitely a film that you can tell is by somebody who is not naturally a writer-director. Like I think he is a brilliant special effects artist. I think yeah. his effects in all of these films that he's worked on have been amazing. Yeah. And to my surprise, he's a great actor as mm. well. Yeah, He he's was really the really star of this yeah, he's as, really as the good. auditor. I, the best I thought he was this. hysterical, really, really invested. Mm. Uh, and that's proper but,
1: gross makeup as well. Yeah, so, yeah, big time. Like
4: he seems
2: like a really talented guy, but screenwriting and directing I'm not sure uh things he should be doing.
4: They do kind of hammer it over your head, but like with all these films, okay, like I said earlier I had to go on Wikipedia a few times and go over the plot and go, Oh, so that's what they're trying to do. It's like here's what the Cenobites do, and it's not always hundred percent clear. At least in this film it's like this is clear what they're doing. Yes. This is the section of hell. I liked that sort of build up on it, like this is just one little faction of Hell. This is what we're doing here, just a little bit of office work. I think it's um,
2: it's, it's very clear what they're doing, but it's not what the Cenobites did. <laughs> you know, it's uh...
4: these are different Cenobites. Yeah, they? it's, less, you know, it's less Cenobites and it's more Pinhead himself because it's just it's
2: demons. They are. Yeah,
4: but it's like even with you know the fourth one where they're like, oh, Angelique is the old order of Hell and uh, Pinhead is the new order. Like none of that was clear to me at all. Mm. Um, so at least this is like okay, this is just a bit of hell, and this is where they do admin. So I'm on board with that. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I liked I liked the admin element of it, and the auditor yeah. as a as a character. I thought that was really darkly funny and, mm. and good.
0: It's a it's a bit weird that they're based in just a house though, isn't it? I right. mm. like, yeah, I think the budget shows there that it's just in a house. Yeah, rather than rather it's the address hell. from the from the book. Isn't it, is, it? Yeah. Yeah, it is yeah yeah it is 55 Ludovico Place. Yeah. <laughs>
4: They get another house, though, at the end. They do. Yeah, there's a post-credit bit yeah. where they they move to Germany.
0: Oh, yeah. Move to Germany, yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they've got they've got a few real fingers and real estate pies.
0: <laughs> okay.
3: I just thought it was weird that Pinhead is pretty much Darth Vader in this film, because he sits <laughs> in his little throne for most of the movie. Uh, He's a bit tired. He's having a rest. He's done mm. a lot. It just happens to be a, a toilet in the front room for the man to throw up in. Um, yeah. <laughs>
0: It's a funnel, isn't it? A funnel.
3: Yeah, a funnel yeah. into, room, into yeah. the room next door. The old sick the, funnel.
4: Yeah. <laughs> for the women to get their boobs out and just... Yeah. Just put their fingers in. Yeah, anyway. put the fingers
3: in the vomit. Yeah. I do
4: also, because I've been feeling like queasy all weekend and it was a bit when Carter goes into the house and then they put all the spit in his mouth and I was oh. probably retching at that. <laughs> so um, gross. But I was But yeah. I was watching this on my phone with my headphones in and my partner in bed with me. And he was like reading a book, and I'm just there, and all he can hear is me going, (laughs) just holding the phone away from me. He's like, You're all right. He's like, Oh, you're
2: researching for the podcast again. (laughs) I've only,
4: because I've only really thrown up from watching these films. The first time I threw up was when we did Chinese Black Magic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This is the, I haven't thrown up since, and this is the first time I've thrown up doing podcast research.
0: Oh, respect to Gary J. Tannikler. Absolutely, Um, yeah. It's like so, a stand innovation, as John Waters would have said. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So pleasure or pain for Hellraiser judgment? I'm going to say uh,
4: pleasure.
3: Yeah. Pain.
0: Pain. I'm going to say pleasure for the first scene alone. No.
1: <laughs> There's pleasure bits in it, but it's mostly pain.
0: What are we going with? Well, it's a half and half, isn't it?
1: Ah! <laughs>
0: I think now it's time for my fellow devils to learn the true meaning of pain. Let's play Scary Noises. (laughs) Uh, CJ and Bryony versus Emily and Luke. And obviously, this month, one half of each pair of scary noises is from a Hellraiser film. So.
3: The whole imagined future where you love him and watch him
1: grow. That do your work. Although the boy will not die here, for a thousand years his dearest wish will be that he had.
4: Oh, bam, 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 bam. Yes. The dialogue is from. Hang on, hang on, Bradley. What what are you using to make that sound effect? Uh, it's a can of deodorant and an uh, empty pill packet. It's all <laughs> I have. Hands. hand. it's.
2: Fan sounds. So just
0: supposed
4: to go, go.
0: I don't think I don't think um the drummer from Metallica has got anything to worry about just yet. <laughs> I don't know. The drumming on Saint Anger sounds a bit like that. <laughs> no, that's exactly how they did the drum snare on there and Justice for All, isn't it? <laughs> like, I'm just
4: working with what I have, okay?
0: Right, Brian, can you remember what your answer yeah, was? Yeah,
4: uh, the dialogue was from Bloodline.
0: It was from Horizon raise bloodline, yeah. Music?
4: No. Yeah, it sounds familiar, but I think it's...
0: Yeah, I think I'd just
2: maybe listen to too many industrial records that sound like that.
0: Shall I All take right a then. guess? Go on.
2: Yeah, it's not Lords of Salem, is it?
0: It's not. Um, so, Luke and Emily, can you get the music? A whole imagined
3: future where you love him and watch him grow.
1: Although the boy will not die here, for a thousand years his dearest wish will be that he had. For God's sake, do I look like someone who cares what God thinks? No idea. Mate, the
3: Fables. Not Meet the Fables. <laughs> <It's
1: not laughs> meet the
0: fables. Uh, no, it was, it was Exorcist 2.
1: Oh, fuck, okay.
0: Exorcist 2, right. Well.
1: Is that
4: the one with puzzles or...
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: <laughs> James L. Jones
2: spits a leopard and flies yeah. so on the wings of a
4: locust. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, here's number two.
4: And that was Nick's last summer you
1: missed out on. Too bad. I never interested you. Until now that I'm your patient. Perhaps I'm not supposed to talk about these things.
4: There's nothing you
1: can't talk about. You're indifferent to whether your child is alive or dead.
4: No, nothing. Mm. It's a breathy British lady talking yeah. to her doctor. Is it Attack of the Breathy British Lady talking <laughs> to her doctor?
3: <laughs> is it Hellraiser Casualty?
1: <laughs> Charlie Helby. is Pinhead. Hell City! Charlie Pinhead? <laughs> yes! Charlie Pinhead. <laughs>
0: City. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, uh, no, the music was Hellraiser Deader. Um, not particularly. Memorable bit of music, apparently. And the dialogue was from Antichrist. Oh. oh. surprised no one got. Uh, number 3 a
4: loving We
0: one.
1: Yes, Emily. Uh, the dialogue is from Freaks. It is. Booboobo.
3: Music? Uh, don't know, Luke? Is it from Hellraiser 3? No, it's not.
0: So uh, CJ and Bryony, can you get the music? We'll make one of us a loving cup, a loving
1: cup. We accept the one of us. We accept the one of us.
0: Booboobo. Booboobo.
3: We accept it. We accept it. <laughs>
4: I
2: feel like it might be Judgment, just because it's sort of that...
4: I don't... Kind
2: of... Maybe it's just because it sounds a bit Nine Inch Nails I
4: don't think it is
2: Is it... Maybe Hellworld, then? Because that would have been shitty industrial... I can't even
4: remember which one Hellworld is They all blur into one Pinterest Pinterest Oh right. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> should we go with Hellworld
3: just for sure, the last? let's go for it. Hellworld. Hell it is Hellworld. Yay. Yay! It's when they're walking into the house, isn't it? The last yeah, yeah, yeah. So the
0: the Lance Henriksen's fun party. Um, so it's two one at the halfway stage. His number four. Oh, 2-1 to CJ and Bradley. Hang on. Yes, Emily.
1: The music is from Eraserhead.
0: Dude, wow!
4: That quick. That was super quick. That was very quick.
1: Most uh, of my brain is a David Lynch film. <laughs> <laughs> and the dialogue? Uh, don't know. I was too excited that it was David Lynch. <laughs> Sorry.
3: I <laughs> go with Hellraiser three. It's not.
0: No. Uh, CJ and uh, Brandy, uh, can you get the dialogue?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. You're trying too yeah. hard.
3: like it wants to open but you have to is this the sexy
2: bit in revelations where she's like Ooh, rubbing the box
0: it's not the sexy bit but it is from revelations <laughs> rub my box <laughs> uh, right here's number five
1: you have surprisingly good taste in men they didn't tell you did they, Kirsty? Hey. Uh, that's Hellbound, the dialogue.
0: Yes. Yeah. Music?
1: I uh, don't know.
3: No, can't yeah. get it.
1: Sorry.
0: All right, uh, Bryony and CJ.
1: You have surprisingly good taste in men. They didn't tell you, did they, Kirsty?
0: They changed the rules of the fairy tale. I'm no longer just the witch stepmother.
2: Now
3: I'm the evil queen. So come on. Take your best
2: shot, Snow White. You got a lot of operatic shit this week.
4: Mm. It sounds a bit like Army of Darkness, but it's not.
2: um... I I was thinking like 80s Italy for some reason.
4: Uh, No, it's not Italian sex film. Um, (laughs) Okay, okay. I'm pretty sure, Uh, no, I don't know. Come on, have have a
2: guess, have a guess.
4: Ah, It's like, there's something blocking it. I've definitely heard it before. Um, it's something great but terrible. That's all I can reach into my brain it's from.
0: End of days. It's not end of days. Uh, it is operatic stuff. It's from Repo, the Genetic Opera. Oh, there oh, we go. Oh,
4: great oh, but terrible. Okay. I fucking but, hate that film, but it was also is very watchable. Bad, yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh look, it's three all with one pair to go. <laughs> <laughs>
4: what are you doing? <laughs> I'm going like, with some friends of
3: yours. One of them's a little
0: guy. Wears a beret, has a beard. Other ones, big, stocky guy, ugly. It's like an animal. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. No, no.
2: Trying to think of a film with a little guy in a beret
4: (laughs) and beard. (laughs) And a mate
1: yeah, who's yeah. is, is a it a little guy, guy in a in a beret with a beard?
3: <laughs> Attack of the little guy. You got to put Hellraiser in front of that. Hellraiser, <laughs> Hellraiser. Hellraiser beret.
0: <laughs> uh, no, you're not going to get these, are you? No, we're not. So, does anyone even want to take a guess at a Hellraiser film for either the music or the title? Uh, <laughs> Hellraiser Three. Hell on Earth.
1: No. I was going to guess the music as Inferno.
0: Yeah, you got it.
1: Oh, it oh shit! Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, And the dialogue was from the Exterminator, hence the uh, sound effects of the flamethrower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So that is 4-3 to Emily and Luke. (laughs) So that's another episode of Devil Times Five done, and I can honestly say it has been a pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> next month our attention turns to george a romero uh, which was your choice emily and you've selected martin as one of our features so mm-hmm. as scary noises winners you and luke i guess luke really because emily you've already chosen of course what, what, what other romero do you want to do luke
3: uh let's do dawn of the dead Okay.
0: Yay!
3: Wow, we actually get to watch
2: two good films <laughs> Oh, you're spoiling us, Ambassador
0: uh, So Dawn of the Dead and Martin are our features next month Why don't you get in touch with us on Twitter at DevilX5 and let us know what you think of Romero's filmography You can follow us on Letterboxd where we list all the movies that we discuss on each episode and we'd love it if you rated and reviewed us on iTunes and or SoundCloud We'll be back towards the end of February Until then, thanks for listening and we will now put your all back together. <laughs>